In some circles, this is a very hotly debated and discussed issue. Tattoos. Christians getting tattoos. Stay with me in this episode as we take a look at Leviticus 19.28. Scripture is not discerned by opinion. You cannot rightly apply the Bible until you first rightly divide the Bible. We do not get to decide what the Bible means. We get to discover what the Bible means. Welcome to Rightly Dividing with Ron Anderson. Thank you for joining me. If I could ask you right at the beginning to look just below the video there and where you hit subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, please do so and hit the thumbs up. Appreciate it very much if you do that right now. It helps a great deal for this channel. On this episode, we're going to be taking a look at Leviticus 19.18. It's sometimes cited as a uh, condemnation of those who get tattoos, that uh, getting a tattoo as a believer is a sin. Now, I don't see this debated as much as it used to be, but I know that in certain circles and certain groups, it is still a very hotly contested issue, debated issue, as to whether the Bible actually forbids Christians, believers, from getting a tattoo. So the verse that is often cited, and once again, this is another one of those, this doesn't mean that and if we simply look at the context that it's found in, this, is, again, is another example of a verse that is cherry-picked for an issue, that it is lifted, actually not even the verse, it's a phrase. If the entire verse is looked at, it brings into question um, using this verse as a prohibition to Christians getting a tattoo, okay? So uh, the verse is... Leviticus 19.28. Now, the very fact that it's coming out of the book of Leviticus should help us a little bit with the context that it is set in, this verse. So, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord, Leviticus 19.28. Now, the part that I've heard um, cited, in fact, I remember quite a number of years ago, decades ago, uh, a rather heated discussion with a dear brother in the faith of mine over this very issue where he was absolutely convinced that it was a sin uh, for a Christian to have a tattoo or to get a tattoo in any way whatsoever, for any reason, whatever, and he cited this verse. And by the way, this is the only place that this occurs, to my knowledge, uh, in the Bible. So, uh, which brought me to one of, the, one of the questions that I posed to this individual was simply this. So what if there's an individual who prior to salvation has gotten a lot of tattoos I and mean, their body's covered with them, okay? And then they get saved. Now what? Are they living in sin as long as it's tattoos on their body? Are they only truly forgiven of everything else but that? Um, are they forgiven if they go and have them all removed, which doesn't always work all the time anyhow. You see, there's a, there's a real serious problem with that, theologically speaking. It's easy to pull a verse out like this and just throw it out there um, completely out of context. So uh, I want to take a look at some other verses in Scripture, particularly uh, in Galatians chapter 3. Oh, before we get there, a couple of key points, a couple of key points. So 
there's Old Testament law and New Testament grace. These are not in conflict with one another, but we have to understand the relationship between the two. And it's very important in a matter such as this. When we're dealing with issues such as moral, ceremonial, and worship, rules, regulations, and law, which is Leviticus 19. There are a whole lot of, let's say, moral and ceremonial laws kind of interspersed. Some are dealing with relationships with other people, lifestyles, those kinds of things, what we do, how we farm different things. Our farm animals are in here. And then also there's some things touching on sacrifices. So there's ceremonial rules, regulations, and there's moral or lifestyle things that are all intermingled here. particularly in chapter 19. So we have to understand the relationship of these things. So some Old Testament principles carry forward. In other words, they are for all time. So one of the ones that I want to cite is right out of the same chapter, Leviticus 19.11, you shall not steal. Now that's no longer a demand of the law, but it is a principle of righteous or holy living. But it's not a demand of the law. However, the Old Testament law demands do not carry forward. So there's a difference between principles from the Old Testament that continue on. In fact, Jesus himself cited different ones. Love your neighbor. Okay, you shall love your neighbor. That's an Old Testament principle. It's in the Old Testament law, so to speak, but it's a principle that carries forward, but it's not a demand to acquire or obtain or attempt to obtain righteousness. So the Old Testament law demands do not carry forward. Now, Galatians 3. Galatians, the entire chapter, Galatians 3, the entire chapter is good to relate to situations like this. It brings all kinds of clarity. Paul was dealing with this very kind of thing, dealing with the law and its demands or and principles, those kinds of things. And what's the relationship now to the New Testament believer, to those who put their faith in Jesus Christ, who are born again? What's the relationship of these things? But uh, let's go to Galatians 3. I'm, I'm citing here verses 23, and 25, 23 to 25. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. Notice how Paul states that in the past tense. Even then, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So its purpose, the purpose of the law, was to expose the sinfulness of man, which if we look at the law even now, we can see that even now, it points to our own sinfulness. And we look at all the demands of the law and say, "I, I can't keep all those things. I can't live that righteous and holy. That points me to Christ. That points every, that point, the purpose of the law is to point everyone to Christ to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Notice how Paul states that. We're not justified by keeping the law. We're justified by faith in Christ. But after that faith is come, after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We're no longer under that law. We're no longer under the demands even though many of the principles carry forward. Uh, it says, be holy. And in uh, Leviticus 19.1, it says, be holy, for the Lord your God is holy. That's repeated in the New Testament. That principle goes on, but the demands of the law of doing that to obtain or to attempt to obtain righteousness before God, that demand isn't there. 
That demand has been met. First uh, John chapter 2 tells us that God's righteous demand has been propitiated. In other words, that, that word means satisfied. God's righteous, holy demand for perfection to have a right relationship with him has been met not by the law, by us keeping the law, abstaining from tattoos, okay? Not by that, but by Jesus Christ and him alone. And that by putting our faith, not our works in the law, but our faith in Christ, then we are born again. God is satisfied with me because he's satisfied with Christ, and I am in Christ. Okay, so, but after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. Okay, now, back to Leviticus 19.28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh. Now, here is the foundation of this whole sentence of what it's referring to. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you for the dead. And that for the dead is in the middle of these two phrases, but they're both related to that specific subject. So there was a practice in some pagan cultures, and even today, in some, uh, in some religious beliefs and religious systems, uh, punishing yourself or causing uh, uh, pain to yourself, inflicting pain or wounds or cutting yourself, uh, is an attempt at atoning some deity for my sin or the sin of somebody else. And so some of these pagan cultures that now the freed nation of Israel was going to go into the promised land and among all these foreign people, all these uh, these foreign uh, religions around them and everything, and they did these things. So God set these standards that even though they do that for the dead, you don't do that for the dead. You don't cut your flesh for the dead. You don't tattoo yourself for the dead, okay? Leaving a mark on yourself as paying for the sins of somebody else or someone that, uh, that that died so that some deity somewhere will accept my suffering, my pain, my marking my body as some sort of, in a sense, atonement for somebody that else, somebody else that, that died. That's what he's, that's what's being talked about here in the law. Okay. Has nothing to do with the modern day practice of, or some, an art of, of tattoos. I, I know a lot of people with tattoos. I'm hard-pressed to think that any of them got a tattoo in an effort or as a means of suffering in the flesh for the sins in an atoning way of somebody that they knew they loved who passed away. I don't know anybody that did that. But I know a lot of people who have tattoos. So this verse is not dealing with that. And by the way, what about all the other things that are in that same chapter? Why aren't they picked out? Why is that one little phrase, it's not even a full sentence, it's not even a full verse, well, that phrase, nor tattoo any marks on you, period. See, you can't do it. But what's the reason? What's the context? The context is crucial to accurately understanding God's word. And we will never accurately apply God's word if we do not first accurately understand it within its own context. So, um, tattoos in, throughout 
my lifetime, speaking my lifetime specifically, tattoos were seen as a sign of rebellion, you know, and the, and, the, and the wild crowd got those, you know, and the gangs and all that. So it was always affiliated with that in, in the era that I grew up in, or a lot of it was affiliated with that. And so that, uh, that concept, that idea was imposed on all tattoos because they did it and everybody who did it was put in that same category. And that's just misjudgment, okay? Um, so, now, um, so you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. So I want to refer to a couple of verses in this chapter, a couple other verses. In, um, in verse 19, it says, You shall not sow your field with mixed seed. You follow that? Those of you that plant a garden. So we're going to, if we're going to take this phrase, you can't get a tattoo, that's a sin, mixed seed okay in your garden you know you're planting different things in different sections whatever okay uh, nor shall a garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you why don't we why don't we lift that one out why isn't that one highlighted as well why not all of these instead of just one that we want to cherry pick and nitpick out of and i say we and it's just in general those who take this verse completely out of context okay um so those those two things right there and there's there's a number of other ones in here that we just don't we don't follow those we don't mandate those um just that one that one phrase so leviticus 1928 this doesn't mean that it has nothing to do uh, with the reason that I know of people getting tattoos today, whether they like tattoos or they like that kind of art or they get it in memory of someone or something like that, but not in the sense of inflicting pain on themselves as an atonement in some way of themselves suffering um, so that someone else who has passed away, a loved one or whatever, uh, is atoned for to some deity. Okay, that's, that's the the context. That's what they're looking at in this pagan cultures that were intermingled now among them and around them as they were going into the promised land and delivered from, from bondage. So um, this verse, Leviticus 19.28, has nothing to do with modern day culture and the reason that I know most people get tattoos. It just doesn't mean that. So thank you for joining me on this episode of Rightly Dividing with Ron Anderson. Encourage you once again uh, at the end of this video, if you'd like, share, subscribe, uh, I'd appreciate it very much. Once again, you can re reach me at rightlydividingtheword215 at gmail.com. I encourage you to send emails there. Uh, put your comments down below in the comments section. I appreciate hearing from all of you. Look forward to joining you again right here on Rightly Dividing with Ron Anderson. Take care. God bless.